Hello, I'm Spencer Ziegler. And this is Serena Halstead. And I'm Melissa Smith. And as we mentioned previously, we're starting on our data-led conversation by diving into the different assessment methods over the next few episodes. So the last time we got together, we looked at the purpose of assessments. And so today we want to kind of look into one of the assessment method types called selected response. So for me, the most comprehensive work that I have found on the topic of classroom assessments comes from a book called uh, Classroom Assessment for Student Learning by Rick Stiggins, Judith Arthur, and uh, husband and wife team, Jan and Stephen Shipui. And when they look at the keys to creating a quality assessment, one critical aspect that they tend to look at is the design of the assessment. In other words, um, what method you would use to uh, capture the learning. And I have to admit that when I think of assessment, the method or the option that usually comes to mind for me is multiple choice. And so when I hear of selected response, multiple choice is the most frequent thing that comes to mind. What about you guys? When you hear selected response, what comes to mind for you? It's same, multiple choice. And even mm-hmm. maybe it shouldn't do this, but my brain just connects assessment, multiple choice. It's kind of capitalized in my head. Right, right. And so when that's the same for me and also, um, you know, fill in the blanks. That's, you know, at the elementary level, that's the first thing comes to mind. Selected response. I'm filling in the blank with a list of items, um, a list of options that they have given me. Yeah. So... That's the same with me. I guess when I hear just any kind of assessment, I think automatically for uh, multiple choice. But when I was looking into this work, they talk about selected response being, you know, like you said, multiple choice, true, false, matching, short answer, fill in the blank, like any of those where it's from a selected group of responses. And so uh, typically it's anything where the scores are determined. The scores are determined by the pers- the number correct or the percent correct. Mm-hmm. So... When we think of the uses of selected response, again, I look to the Stiggins group, their work, because I I tend to, you know, we either think multiple choice and, you know, multiple choice is probably the oldest and it sort of has this negative or, you know, like you're doing traditional teaching. And so I like the way they frame thinking about it because they look at it in terms of it depends on what you're trying to measure. So when you look at your standards, what type of target are you looking to measure? And so the four method types that we would be talking about each have a place. Mm -hmm. And so if you're looking at um, like knowledge or recall or as Bloom's like the lower level understanding, lower level knowledge or recall, they say that multiple choice is really good at that level. So I'm like, okay, well, that makes sense. And so the other ones that we'll be discussing later on, we will be sharing like how those come into play. What are your thoughts about that? Yeah, that makes sense. And I feel like because multiple choice too often just becomes synonymous with assessment, that it's asked to do something that it wasn't designed to do, you know? Mm-hmm. But yeah, what you what you point out is true that for those kind of standards or blooms or, or things that can be set into a binary right or wrong, it's a really helpful assessment method. 
we just run into trouble when we try to make it do something that it's not meant to do. Right. And I, I find myself like in the, my earlier years of teaching, like I turned every kind of standard into yeah. a sort of knowledge recall, regurgitate, mm-hmm. which is probably why I hated all of assessments because I have <laughs> the worst memory ever. So to have to kind of cram and remember, you know, all kinds of dates and numbers and stuff, because to me that was like, that's what the multiple choice test was going to be about, right? It's like a whole lot of just recall, 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 recall. And I always wished that I would have an assessment that would say, okay, Melissa, here's a canvas. Just show me all of the things that you know about this topic. But I never got that opportunity. So, um, In terms of multiple choice, I have, like you said, Melissa, you know, prior to writing it, I would maybe would say multiple choice was more of a recall. But mm-hmm. I have come to realize that multiple choice can do far more than just recall. Multiple choice, depending on how you write those um, question, those foils, it can become so complex where it requires students to think more than just, you know, coming up with an answer. They have to analyze different options. And basically within a multiple choice, you know, justifying the reason behind the answers. It goes back to um, I mean, multiple choice can pull definitely on certain depths of knowledge about what students know. So um, in terms of what we're looking at for multiple choice selected response, it, it, you know, it's a, it's a good time to have that conversation about how much knowledge or how what's the depth of knowledge can be pulled from, you know, a multiple choice item, what goes into even writing one. So I'd love to hear where this conversation goes. I like that thinking because, like you said, even though it's pulling from a lower level of blooms, it doesn't mean that it only pulls from a lower level of depth of knowledge, right? So along those lines, you can get, I think you can get up to a depth of knowledge one, a level one or a level two. So I'm glad that you brought that in because I definitely don't want it to, to convey that because it's multiple choice, that it's only low level thinking. Yeah. Good or even or even that that's inherently flawed, that that lower right. level blooms or depth of knowledge is something that we just shouldn't do. You know, to me, sometimes I almost think of it as like setting some of the foundation and learning. And once you have some of those pieces down, then that allows you to kind of move up and, and kind of show your higher understanding of some of the standards. So let's look at so we discussed a little bit about the uses, right? So, again, the use of multiple choice is typically, again, to get at your um, elements of knowledge and some patterns of reasoning, right, when you're, when you're looking at your standards. So when we're thinking of feedback, right, because that's another aspect of an assessment method, multiple choices is typically our go-to because it answers that timeliness, right? When you're looking at your elements of feedback, selected response is usually our go-to because you can uh, give feedback in a, in a quicker fashion than some of the other um, assessment methods we'd be talking about. Yeah, that timeliness is key, especially with more and more technological tools at our disposal. That that feedback can go from being timely to being instant. You create a auto-graded Google Forms quiz or something, and then the immediately kids get that response of, oh, I was thinking X, but I should have been thinking along Y. So, I mean, research shows that that timely aspect of it is, is key, and I, I think that's where multiple choice can really shine when it's properly used and implemented. 
See, I think it's it's that selective response. There's a simplicity to it that can be problematic if you try to use it to tell you everything about a kid or the standards, but also can be helpful if you accept it for what it is. Um, so in those elements of feedback, I think it can be really helpful for being timely, ongoing, and consistent because they can be kind of quick to implement. Um, and actually it makes me think, I was reading this article, Digital Game-Based Learning by Mark Prinsky, and he was talking about how the, the inherent value of video games, I think for a lot of people, is that they can give you that same timely, ongoing, and consistent feedback. And as you're progressing mm. through a video game, you're receiving that. And that's part of what might be appealing about it. And I think that selective response, when implemented properly, and when it's not saying this tells us everything, but just giving you some quick and simple, timely, ongoing, and consistent feedback, I think it can capture a similar, a similar benefit. Giving due diligence to selected response. I get what Melissa is saying. You know, most of what we're seeing a lot, or what from whose perspective you're seeing it a lot from, persons who are in a grade that is going to be doing an end of grade test, state test, they will typically find multiple choice being one of the most commonly used selected response item. However, persons in the lower grades, kindergarten, grade one, two, they will rely more so on the other types of selected response. They're definitely doing matching at kindergarten. They're doing um, fill in the blanks. They're doing true or false. So depending on what grade level you are, you will find that some selected type response items will be used more than the other. Yeah, and I think it's telling that even in this conversation that we veered towards letting multiple choice kind of dominate the talk. And that, that's, I think, too often what happens with all of assessment, that we think of it just as multiple choice and then it kind of stops there. But knowing that there's value in the other types of selected response um, assessments and in the other assessment methods as well, I think that's, that's worth considering. So I think I want to close off in terms of thinking of one of the major things to remember, again, is not about whether the method of itself is good or bad, but always trying to go back to, again, what we started off with, the purpose, and then looking at our standards and trying to figure out what element of our standard are we trying to evaluate, and then deciding, okay, should I use a multiple choice? Should I use a selected response? Should I use a, um, a product? You know, we should let the standard be the driver and not the other way around. That's a great point. It, um, either of you basketball fans? No. I you like Clay Thompson is. <laughs> no, Kobe's no. bad. He's too good. He won't take that. But there's this there's this guy on the Warriors, Clay Thompson, who's one of the best three-point shooters that we've seen in generations. Um and that's how you use him. So he's going to play on the wing and you get him the ball and he's just going to kind of drain threes. And when you know that that's what his role is and his function and he's good defender, all these other kind of things there, then you can use him properly. If you put Clay Thompson at center and try to have him like man up against Joel and beat or something like that, it's just not going to work. That doesn't mean that Clay Thompson is bad. You're just mm -hmm. using him for the wrong purpose. Right. And to me, selective response is kind of similar, that if you recognize that it can fill this really useful need to give you that timely, ongoing, consistent feedback, that can be a really helpful piece in your arsenal. 
Right. But it can't be the be all or end all, nor was it designed to be that. Again, I can't can't stress enough, the standards have to be the driver, right? The standards have to drive what the method is. And I think most times, you know, when you get into the classroom, we kind of work the other way around, right? Yeah. So... I'll be the first to admit that I have pulled a lot of multiple choice items without even looking at the items. They're just like, oh, these just look like they're convenient. But mm-hmm. were they the best ones for measuring the standard? No, I didn't start with the standard. I started with the items and worked my yeah. way around it. So I'd like to end the episode by saying we made a lot of references uh, during this episode about books and so you can find those references in our show notes. We look forward to continuing our discussion on assessment methods over the next few episodes. The next time we meet, we will be looking at extended response and seeing again the advantages and disadvantages. As always, if you want to share anything with us, please reach out uh, to us via our website at www.wcpss.net forward slash data lit. Thank you for joining us today and goodbye.